Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is our morning Arsenal agenda series. Join you the day after Arsenal's 1-0 win against Crystal Palace. Uh, if you want to get our raw reactions, kind of our immediate thoughts to that game, you can do that with uh, myself and Umar in last night's live show. But this morning, I'm very happy to welcome back after just frankly laziness of just not being around. I'm joined by Charlie. How are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. It's good to be back. I mean... Uh, I was just saying to you before beforehand, when I that it just seems like a bit. It's been ages with you, mm. especially being on this show. But I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't actually get to say anything about the the game last night, did I? Because I mean, I, mm. I wasn't actually. I wasn't uh, covering the game, but just. I mean, my first thoughts just after it. It was like, oh my god, thank God that is over. It was one of those kind of moments. <laughs> where it's like, oh, I really hope that we can hold out for this, and luckily we did. I think, yeah. I, I mean, we we deserved the win. I think, obviously, with with the refereeing and stuff like that, you, you can I can go on about it really, but it's just one of them things. And Arsenal managed to hang, hold out really, and I'm I'm really happy that they did. And obviously, have kept. Uh, uh, we're I think one of three teams to have two wins out of two, which is actually I, I would I'm, I'm actually quite surprised about. Actually, I, I would have thought that there'd yeah. be a few more, but um, but yeah, I'm. Mm. I'm uh, I'm happy that we actually got the win in the end. Yeah, there's obviously been some quite big games quite early. We've had Liverpool play Chelsea, Spurs, United, Newcastle City. Um, so, yeah, there's been obviously opportunities for teams to to drop points. Chelsea have, have made a habit of that, which is beautiful. Um, I mean, they've been big games. They can't even beat 10-man West Ham. So, right. it's glorious to uh, be looking at the table right now after a billion pounds being spent but yeah, yeah give me your thoughts uh, quickly on on yesterday's game obviously Declan Rice I thought was a standout player I thought William Saliba was fantastic um, but there were some other performances that I think people have been kind of divided on Eddie Nketiah's display Kai Havertz's display so yeah give me your thoughts I mean, I'm going to start on Nketiah. I, I do agree that that's kind of gone under the radar. Don't get me wrong. I mm. think he he should have done a bit better in some of the instances. I mean, I think it was when he was in the six-yard box and he and he decided to try and lob Johnston. I, I think that was the wrong decision. I think in that in that position, mm -hmm. you just need to just put your foot through it, either put your laces through it, or try and place it in instead instead of trying to do something tricky. But I mean, he create he essentially created our goal, didn't he? He was quick to he was quick on his toes. He he caught Palace off guard, and he obviously won us the penalty. So fair play to him for that. He he was the one that kind of he I wouldn't say he made the chances himself, but he he definitely he helped himself in these chances. I mean, when he obviously hit the post, he did a lot with that. He kind of turned Anderson. He had his back to him and kind of turned turned with him. So that was fantastic and. I'm really happy with Vanketi at the moment. Really, I mean, you see it. Um, you saw it last year when he replaced uh, Gabriel Jesus when he was injured, and he's doing it again. He's doing a fantastic job. Really, he, he's he's kind of proven a point to himself because we've spoken previously. I think I've spoken previously with Umar as well. I said I, feel, I kind of feel bad for him. It's, I mean, whether you think that he's good enough to be a, a Arsenal's uh, number one striker, it, that's obviously a conversation to be had, but. I don't think that he's quite there yet in terms of the quality that Gabriel Jesus possesses. But even so, Arsenal fans, and to be fair, myself as well, I hold myself accountable for it. I I want another striker. But with Nketiah's kind of performances, uh, I mean, these last two ones in the Premier League anyway, and what he showed us uh, last season when Gabriel Jesus was out, He's kind of proven proven a point for himself. He he's he's proven that he should be in this team. And I think um 
I think it might be a haters TV thing. Uh, they interviewed Enketia. I can't remember when it was, but basically yeah. uh, it was either Enketia or Arteta. Evil, one or one or the other. But basically, I think it was Arteta, and Arteta said that Enketia was essentially saying in training that if you don't play me, you're blind kind of thing, because he was doing so well in training. And yeah. he's 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 showing that on the pitch as well. I think he's doing fantastically. Uh, Declan Rice, yeah, fantastic. He, this is what you expect from a from a hundred million pound sign, and instead of the likes of Caicedo kind of uh, conceding a penalty in his debut game for Chelsea, kind of thing, uh, this is what you expect from from a player of that stature. He he is what we've been wanting, what we've been needing in that midfield to kind of complement Partey as well. When he, when they both when when we're on the attack, when we've got the ball, those two in a kind of like, I, I know that Partey's a bit more kind of to the right because he's been playing in right back. But when we've got the ball sometimes, he's he's been kind of like a deep line midfielder with Declan Rice. I feel like they complement each other a lot. You see Declan Rice, he spreads the play very, very well. He carries the ball very well. He intercepts everything. He, he's what you need in a kind of defensive midfielder for Arsenal. And... Yeah, I'm really, really happy with the signing. You know, I think everyone here knows how much I've been wanting that Declan Rice sign, and then now that we've got him, he's pretty, he's he's showing why I've been wanting him so much. And then Saliba, yeah. it, Saliba's Saliba, isn't he? I mean, Zinchenko, he's completely right when he said he's just a Rolls Royce. He is that centre back that holds a lot together for Arsenal. I mean, when he was out last at the end of last season, you saw how how kind of like much it almost crumbled. Arsenal yeah. and with him in the team where I mean yesterday with him in the team you saw him pop up every single time when Palace had that ball when they were constantly on the attack Saliba was one of those players that was constantly pushing Palace back he was he was making sure that that ball did not go in the back of the net and with him being so young, it is fantastic because you can only imagine that we're going to get a few years out of him and hopefully his whole kind of career at Arsenal. You, because someone of that kind of quality, that level of quality, is a fantastic player to have at Arsenal. And I mean, I think you know, I, I think you said it at the moment. He's he's probably the best young centre back in the in the world, and he's got the potential to be the best centre back in the world completely, like full stop. And I can see it. You see it in his performances week in, week out. Uh, I don't think that there's anything else that you can say with Saliba. He's such a good player and he's a pivotal kind of like point for Arsenal. And it was fantastic that we were able to get his contract over the line. And it, it kind of yeah. showed it against Palace, really. But ha yeah, have a Sorry, go on. No, I was just saying he absolutely did. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and then, I mean, moving on to Havertz, it was a weird one because, I mean... I didn't think that he had much of what I was expecting from him last night. He didn't really get the ball too much. He wasn't that kind of person to to make many chances. He popped up once or twice or something like that. I mean, he had his shot uh, on the corner of the left-hand side of the box uh, in the second half. Uh, it, it, was, it was close, but it wasn't as close as you had hoped, obviously. But uh, yeah, it wasn't an amazing game for him, I don't think. But I've said, I think I said uh, after the... After the game against Nottingham Forest, it was one of those ones where Havertz is one of those ones, I think, that's going to kind of be a consistently 
good player for us that that helps the team go forward. He ha- he just helps the team kind of like click and keep going and keep going. I don't think that we'll see him in that in that eight role anyway, or eight role the the left hand sided midfielder or whatever you want to call it, because he's kind of more like a free roaming midfielder on that left hand side. He does come in a little bit. He does make those runs back and forth. Um, yeah, I, don't, I I'm not expecting to see many goal contributions i'm more expecting to see the runs off the ball creating space for for other players like declan rice that can then spread the pass or making those runs for martinelli to run in behind etc etc those kind of things and i mean even so when uh came off and he went up front i mean you saw it against uh not in forest anyway he was kind he was actually he, he was a tr- he was a troublemaker for the defensive line really and we didn't really see that too much yesterday because we obviously had the 10 men. We had, it, it, it was difficult for Havertz to actually get the ball in the final third. But even when we did have that ball, have the ball, I think it was in the final five minutes or something like that. I was expecting to see him in the box where, when I think it was when um, Zinchenko had the ball on the left-hand side on the left wing. I was expecting Havertz to be running in, bombing into that box because he's six foot four. It's not like he's a small player. He's not a small guy. So I think that's partially why we wanted him up front in the final moments of the game to be that target man. And when we have the ball up in the left-hand side of the of the pitch, I mean, the way that it was going, it was like, God, we might actually need that extra goal. And we couldn't keep it in their, in their corner. We just couldn't. And Havertz wasn't kind of like, he wasn't, kind of given that extra option in the box for for Zinchenko or whoever it was on their left-hand side to at least try and get it in the box, try and reach Havertz. He wasn't actually given that option. So I was saying, oh, Havertz, get in there, get in there. You need to actually be in that position. Unfortunately, he wasn't, but I think it might have been one of those games for him. Hopefully, we will see him pop up a bit more. But I, just going back to what I said, he's just, I think he will be that player to just keep things ticking. He'll make those runs off the ball, kind of help things happen for Arsenal instead of make the things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think that what we've got to understand from that game is that, again, we're still learning this new system. We're still evolving as a squad from last season. It's going to take time for things to, to click. You know, writing players off now is is really naive and I think ignorant of the fact that we are, as a group, still learning, you know, where each other play, how the system is going to implement with different players coming in and out of the side. And uh, who knows, we might still be adding players between now and the end of the window. We could still lose players, of course, yeah. between now and the end of the window. And Gabriel was on the bench for the second game in a row and was brought on as a substitute to help with the kind of seeing out of that 1-0 win. We saw him brought on as a substitute against Forrest, helped see out that game as well. Arteta did speak after the game and said like, there's no correlation between him being on the bench and a potential exit. I, I personally don't think Arsenal can afford to let him go. And we talk, I talked about my thoughts with this with Umar last night. But what do you think about the, the the Gabriel links to Saudi and Real Madrid even mentioned too? Well, I, I think it was Fabrizio Romano. He's uh, he's now reported that Arsenal said that he's not for sale. That they don't want to sell him. Yeah. At least to our, our Etihad, that is. Um, so I'm happy that he's not going to Saudi Arabia. I completely agree with you. We can't afford to let him go. Was it that he played every single game? Um, he, I think he had the most amount of minutes in the team, one of the most amount of minutes in the Premier League last season for, uh, completely. So, yeah, we can't afford to let someone like that go who was consistently fantastic for us. I think I said after the World Cup, I think that he was actually a bit better than Saliba at, at parts. I, I genuinely do. 
uh, because he was that. Oh, man. Was yeah. In past last season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I do think that he is that player that we need to keep. I think, I mean, Arteta, he he's just made him part of the kind of captaincy kind of group. If if you know what I mean. Of I, I mean, now it's obviously Gabriel Odegaard, and I think Gabriel Jesus still. And he was obviously the captain last night when Odegaard went off. I don't think that Arteta would make him part of that group if if he if he wanted to sell him kind of thing if he want he was if he was available to let go I don't think that would have happened and yeah I I I, I agree with Arteta obviously I believe him the fact that that it isn't a thing of we we've kept him on the bench because he's linked to these clubs I don't think that that would happen I feel like if if he was linked to these clubs and only linked really. I feel like Arteta would be trying to play him and and kind of prove to why he should stay at Arsenal. So I don't think that that's the case. I think that I mean I was saying to one of my mates who who's an Arsenal fan as well. I think like the the past couple of games anyway. I think the reason why we've been playing someone obviously like Timbo in Nottingham against Nottingham Forest and Tommy Asu uh, last night instead of Gabriel on that left hand side uh, of defence, I think is because. When Partey kind of moves into the midfield or, or pushes up a little bit on that right-hand side, we've essentially got three at the back. And Saliba's an out-and-out centre-back who, who is kind of like the the, the strong point of, of the defence, whereas ben, ben White and last night Tommy Asu can play in centre-back and a full-back role. They kind of offer that little bit extra on the left-hand side, on the right-hand side, if needed, when we're going on the attack uh, when we're going on the attack, et cetera, et cetera, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're very, they're very resourceful really in how they play. They're very efficient and essential really in the way that Arteta's setting it up. And I think Gabriel, he obviously isn't so much of a, of a left back really. He is just a centre back. You saw last night with Tommy Asu when he pushed up, um, Partey obviously pushed, uh, pushed back, but Gabriel, you don't you wouldn't be seeing him push up on that left hand side at all you wouldn't be seeing him up the pitch as much as Tomiyasu was and i think that that i think that's why really that i think that's why uh gabriel's been on the bench maybe because obviously he's just coming back from an injury anyway so that might be part of the reason why i, I think that there's a few factors for it maybe we're yeah. trying something new but I, yeah i don't think that yeah, I, I, I trust Arteta. There's, I don't think there's any correlation whatsoever. Yeah, I'm hoping that that is the case uh, because I think it would be ludicrous to let him leave. I think it would be an impossible task to replace him between now and the end of the window unless there's an absolute madness lined up, which I just don't see happening um, with the time that's remaining. So it doesn't make any sense to, to allow him to go. I don't buy the reports that there was meetings going on. He was at London Colney all of yesterday. It was match day. The idea that the club would sanction an allowance to, for him to leave and have a meeting about his future would be ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, lastly, Ivan Tony spoke to uh, Stephen Barlow on the uh, secret diaries. Or, or is it is it secrets of a CEO? A secret diary of a CEO? I know the one you're on about. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think it's secret diary of a CEO um, is the podcast. I have listened to. I haven't listened to it in a while, but I've listened to a fair few of them uh, in the past, and uh, I still need to catch up on the full episode. But he did talk about Arsenal. He said, Said that how he you know he likes Arsenal. He's a Liverpool fan, um, but he likes Arsenal. Is he a player that you'd like Arsenal to move for in in January when he's back available to play? Well, that, that's the thing because obviously earlier I was saying about Enketia and I, I feel bad for him. He, he's proven him. He's proven himself at the moment. Uh, stuck kind of like be, being Arsenal's number one striker and 
trying to push Gabriel Jesus in that in that kind of area. Uh, I would. The thing is, I would like Ivan Tony because he has proven himself year in year out in the Premier League, and he is a he's a target man. He's very strong. He's very physical. But that that's obviously the argument to have. If is he is he better than both Gabriel Jesus and Nketiah? I think the the I think for me the argument of wanting him is he offers a little bit. He offers something different because I just as I just said he's physical and he's strong. He's not massive, but he he is still quite tall, and he can offer something different in in Arsenal's kind of attacking line for for us. Uh, uh, I think. Obviously, I think it'd be fantastic business if Arsenal do get that over the line in January, because obviously, obviously, with what's going on at the moment. But yeah, I think I would like him. But then that is the conversation that you'd need to have with Enketia, with Gabriel Jesus, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because I, the only way that I think we're going to be able to get Tony is if Balogun does go. And obviously, kind of conversations are going on at the moment with, I mean, I know there's been links with Chelsea. I think there's now been links with Fulham. There's been links with AS Monaco. And Arsenal obviously value him at £50 million. And no one's kind of getting to that point yet. No no one's getting to the £50 million mark that Arsenal want yet. And as, yeah, as I say, I think the only way that we get, we're going to get another striker is if Balogun does go. Because there's no point in having three strikers in the team. And uh, four strikers, sorry. I mean, yeah. Gabriel Jesus, I've mentioned so many times that he is versatile. He can move out onto the right-hand side if needs be. So I think even if we do have Tony and Ketia and Gabriel Jesus, we could make it work. But Ketia will not be happy with it, I don't think. And that's obviously the difficult part of it. He, As I've mentioned so many times and so many times already in the, in, in this stream, he's proven himself when we need him really and he's been that man that can that that creates things for Arsenal so do we need Tony I'm not 100% sure would I like Tony yes that I think that I think that's the difference yeah I, I'm I've never been that really keen on Ivan Tony um you know some of the things I've obviously seen on social media the the attitude towards Brentford you yeah, know it's been questionable it. moments and I've never really been able to kind of get over that mental block, I, I think you know, what is he? Twenty-seven now. Um, uh, yeah, quick check. He's twenty-seven. He'll be twenty-eight in March. If you're going to invest a lot of money, and I think it still would take a lot of money to sign Ivan Tony in January, um, because obviously he'd be back and available for Brentford, and they they want to keep him. His contract expires in in twenty twenty-five, so he only has a year left at the end of this season. Um, but I'm just not sure if that's the right profile to go for. I think I'd rather go for someone younger that's got a higher ceiling. Uh, Umar saying Evan Ferguson uh, is maybe the player yes. that should be looked at. Um, there are other options out there, of course, as well. But uh, I, I'm not Tony's not really near the top of my list of of forwards. But I know that he is appreciated by a lot of other people. So maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe he's the right player to go for. Um, but we're going to round things off there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, as Umar points out, striker is phase five of this project. The last piece of the jigsaw. Pinny says, "I hope that we don't." sign uh ivan tony as well and uh yeah it's very interesting indeed to see what arsenal might do but charlie thank you for your time mate as always thank you for having me and thank you to everyone watching and listening 
Absolutely. Do drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We are now over 91,000 subs. Um, so we're getting very close indeed to that uh, 100k target. So let's keep going. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Drop a like, subscribe. And as always, keep following us down at the Arsenal way.